Hello, this is Jeff Graham of the Foundation of Life, and I personally just wanted to spend some time and speak to you one-on-one, so to speak, just about your salvation, to kind of get more personal to those that are listening. And by the way, I do thank you for uh, looking at the uh, Foundation of Life website, listening to its messages. I pray that they would be not only encouraging, but uh, that the truth would truly uh, take a hold in your life. But again, I just wanted to sit down for a little while and uh, just have a little one-on-one time with you and explain to you the love of God. Sometimes we get so caught up in life that we hear messages, and uh, which is good and, and, and such, but we really need to understand how much God loves you and how much he cares for you. You know, the, the famous uh, scripture, John three sixteen. I think that most people know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What does that mean? What, is, what does it mean that God loves the world? God loves you individually. And God loved you so much that he wanted you for himself. And yet, the Bible also says that we are all sinners. That there's a problem. Sin separates. Sin always separates. That's what it does. And so there's a problem. There's a separation between you and God because of sin. But yet God loved you and again wanted you for himself So he sent his only son that he might live that perfect life that you and I could not live. So he's our representative. He lived that perfect life. Thus so being the perfect sacrifice. And then he went to the cross. And he took every sin that you've ever committed or you ever will commit. And he took the punishment for it. The father struck his son on the cross as a punishment for your sin and my sin. And by believing in that and turning to him and trusting in him, our sins are forgiven and we have everlasting life. How do we know that? Well, God raised his son from the dead. Three days after he was crucified, the Lord Jesus Christ arose from the grave bodily and physically in the body he was crucified in. And he arose and he ascended into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of God. And he's there for you and I, the Bible says. You know, we're all going to spend eternity somewhere. We all know instinctively, it's, it's set in there by God himself. We all know there's a hereafter. We all know there's something more. We all know that there's something beyond the grave. We're going to spend eternity somewhere. Our souls and our spirit are eternal. Either we will spend them in a place called hell, which is apart from the Lord, apart from God for all eternity. It's described in several different ways in the Bible. It's outer darkness, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, eternal fire, where the worm doesn't die and the fire is not quenched. Um, we could go on. These, these metaphors obviously convey a concept which is very, very terrifying. Sin separates man from God, and if man is separated from God beyond the death of the body, he will go to a place called hell. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, again, so that we might not go to that terrifying place. God loves you, and yet God is holy, and he's just. So he sent his son, again, to to take your punishment, to take your sin upon the cross. Jesus, who was perfect, never sinned, went to the cross and took your punishment and my punishment, and he died on the cross. And he suffered, my friends, on the cross for a time. He was separated from his Father for a time on the cross that you and I would not have to suffer separation from God eternally. That is how much God loves you. We know instinctively that we're all sinners. It doesn't take much to make us realize that, yes, we've lied, we've cheated, we've done wrong, we've not given God his due. Every male in this land and around the world has lusted, thereby the Lord Jesus said he's committed adultery in his heart already. Again, every person has lied, every person has dishonored their father and their mother at any particular time, and we could go on. We all know that we're sinners. And yet we also know that someday, the Bible says, we will have to give an account for that. We can either face him as a fierce judge to try to explain our life before him, or we can give our life and turn to Jesus Christ and receive him as Lord and Savior, the one that took our penalty and our punishment upon the cross. And then we can desperately cry out to him and turn from him or turn from our sin to him in repentance. That's what repentance is, is to turn from your sin and turn to Christ who bore the punishment for your sin. God so loves you. And sometimes we don't understand the fact that does God personally love me? The one who the one who spoke the universe into existence, the creator of all things, loves me? Yes, he loves me, he loves you desperately. He's crying out to you, come unto me, look to my son, receive him as your Lord and Savior, and look to the one that's taken your punishment upon the cross, and he's forgiven you. You know, the Bible makes an amazing fact that when we come to Christ, and we turn to him as the Savior of our sin. We turn to him as God's answer for our sinful condition and our lost condition. God gives a promise. He said, this promise is eternal life. And this life is in his son. And he says, whoever has the son of God has life. But he who does not have the son of God does not have life. And the Bible says that he tells you these things that you may know that you have eternal life life. Sometimes we need to sit down and realize sometimes the people that are so bound up in depression, so bound up in aimlessness, you know, what's life all about? The simple things of where did I come from? 
Why am I here? Where am I going? You know, God created you. You are a created being. And he loves you. And yet, we are born as sinners with a sinful nature. We prove that by how we act. We have sinned, but we are not only born with that nature, but we also choose to sin and create that separation. And Christ came into the world, and again, he lived that perfect life in obedience that we couldn't live. And then he went to the cross. And he suffered on the cross. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And at that moment, the Bible account says that the sky grew dark. You see, at that moment, the Bible says that God is light. He can't dwell with darkness. Jesus Christ took upon your sin. And at that point, the dam of God's wrath was leashed on Christ for you. And he suffered the penalty And he paid the price of your sin, which is separation and his death. And he bowed his holy head on the cross. He said, it is finished. And he took your sin far away. He was in the grave for three days and three nights. And he rose again, bodily and physically. And he came out of the grave and he said, oh, joy. He told his disciples, he said, you go and tell them, I'm going to my God and your God. I'm going to my Father and your Father. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead, and by believing in him as the sacrifice that pleased God for my sin, the God of the universe now becomes my God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ becomes my Father. It's an intimate issue now. I have a relationship, an eternal relationship with God because Christ paid the penalty of my sin. Christ brought me back that that separation caused that I was away from God, that I was headed for a, a, a life, an eternity away from God, separated from Him in torment, a terrifying place. Christ came and died, and by turning to Him, is the perfect sacrifice. You know, God is pleased with Christ dying on your behalf. So by acknowledging and turning to Christ, I, I acknowledge that Christ is the answer to my sin, that God loves me, that Christ came for you and me so that he might bring us to God. You know, the Bible says in First Peter I believe it's chapter 3, that Jesus, the just for the unjust, he died for us, that he might bring us to God. You know, and I know people say, well, how can, how, how do I know? How do I know that God loves me? You know, one of the greatest verses that I can think of is is God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that why we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Proving that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he says that no one comes unto the Father except by me. Well, brethren, if we understand that the love of God in Jesus Christ is shouting out to you to come to him, 
God wishes nobody to perish, but everybody to come to repentance. He wants us all to acknowledge the fact that God's burning love desired that we would be with him. So he sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might believe in him. What does it mean to believe in him? We believe that not only he was here, that not only he lived this life, he was a perfect life. You know that Jesus of Nazareth was a historic figure. He lived here. It was proven he lived. And yet to believe in Jesus is to realize that God sent him to be a sacrifice and to die in your and mine's place. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come just to be a good teacher or a moral, uh, you know, teacher of any type. He came to be the savior of our souls. He came specifically for you, my friend. He came specifically for me. That he might take our sin on the cross and that he might willingly pay it and be struck on the cross instead of you. That he might pay the penalty of your sin because of you. That he might suffer separation from God that you and I deserve, that he might take upon himself, again, so that you and I won't suffer that for eternity. That when we die, we will go immediately into his presence and live eternally with our God who created us and who loves us. I just pray that you would would consider these words, you would consider the great love God has for you. But it just isn't a bunch of facts. It is receiving it. it, is receiving because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We receive that gift that God offers. Christ offers forgiveness. Christ has paid the penalty for your sin. But you must receive it. You must turn from your sin, receive Christ. Turn from the direct... What does that mean? Repentance simply means that you do a 180. You turn from your sin. You turn from your life of, of sin. And you turn from going your own way. And you turn to the Savior. You turn to the only remedy that God has for your lost and sinful condition, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent Christ into the world. Christ walked this earth, doing the things that only God can do, fulfilling all of the Old Testament types, fulfilling all of the Bible. He is the living Word of God. And after fulfilling things, He, on the cross, willingly paid the price, suffering more accumulatively than any man that's ever lived. You see, friends, it wasn't the suffering on the beatings that he endured. That was the worst that man could do to his creator. What he suffered on the cross was between him and his father. The father sent Jesus to be his sacrifice For your sin. The only way to God, the only way to heaven is through his front door. And Jesus said, I am that door. All who enter in by me will be saved. 
Wow. God loves you. It would be one thing God said, just clean up your act and do the best you could. But God knew that sin had to be paid for. Sin had to be paid for. And Jesus paid it. He loves you. He's not only loves you in word, he has demonstrated he loved you by he went on a cross and he died. The part of the cross that we don't see between the Father and the Son, Jesus was hanging upon the cross. And my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, he said. At that moment, Jesus Christ became sin for you and me. Your sin was heaped upon him. My sin was heaped upon him. He was taking the punishment that we so rightly deserved. And three days later, he rose from the grave, bodily and physically, in the body he was crucified in. As proof that our sins are gone. As proof that the Father accepted the sacrifice that Jesus laid down for you and I. God is satisfied with that sacrifice. He is satisfied with Jesus dying on your and mine's behalf. To believe in Jesus is to believe that he was crucified, buried, and resurrected again on my behalf for me. And he's coming back, friends. He's coming back to those that are his own. He's coming back to get those that belong to him, that love his appearing. You don't have to be surrounded and shackled by the by sin. You don't have to have the fear of the future because everybody's going to stand and give an account before God. Yet the Bible says that those that are his, that have received him and the gift of eternal life in him, are waiting his return because he says, I'm coming back for my own. And he loves you. I pray that today that you would consider God's invitation. God is asking you and he's crying to you, out to you, that you will you accept and receive his gift of eternal life? Will you accept and receive his gift of forgiveness of sins? Past, present, future, my friend. You're not put on probation when you come to Christ. When you come to Christ with all your heart, you receive him as your Savior, as your Lord, as the only sacrifice that God has accepted for your sin. Not good works. God doesn't want your money. God wants your life. God wants your heart. God wants your trust. God wants to be believed that he sent his son to die for you. And that by believing in that, by confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believing in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I pray this time would be, I know I've enjoyed it, I pray that you would just again consider God's great gift of eternal life. He loves you. He died for you. He rose again. He's in heaven, the Bible says, for you. And he's coming back, my friend, very, very soon.
I pray that you would be his, that you would make that commitment today. That you would say in effect to God here and now, God, I ask and I thank you that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I thank you that that I am a new person, that I am no longer in condemnation, but I've passed from death into life. That's what being born again is, friends. You hear that term born again. What is that? What does that mean? You have the New Age movement using that term now. What it means basically is born from above. A new creature in Christ. A forgiven, a cleansed, a, a, a renewed, a born again, a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. You are now free from the penalty of sin. You now belong to him who created you. You now have a personal relationship with him. That's what being born again is. Jesus said these words about being born again. He said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me, that's the Father, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. That's what it means to be born again, to have that personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Turn from your sin. Turn to the Savior. Receive that gift of eternal life. And that's exactly what it is, eternal. Remember, friends, the apostle wrote, I write these things unto you so that you may know that you have eternal life. God bless you as you contemplate these things, as you think upon these things. And my friends, if you have any questions or you want to discuss this further, you can always not only search the website here or call me personally at area code 541-251-2437. I would love to talk and to speak with you of these things. God bless you, my friend.